welcome to Talking Stars. I am your host Darren from Movie Reviews 101 and joining me today is Mr. Damien Riley from Riley on Film. I'm having a podcast Hellfest. And with that we end up jumping into the horrors of 2018. We know we're late, we like to talk horrors, we wanted to catch up with them all, make sure we didn't miss any little hidden gems of horror loveliness that the directors gave us and Jason Blum put us through. Mm. So what we are going to do is we are going to just do our top fives with a few honourable mentions to start with. We're going to go back and forth between us. So without any further ado, we'll head over to Damien to see what made his honourable mention list. Hello, I would appreciate if all of you would aim your cams at me when I'm speaking. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, for my honorable mention, I, I actually had several of them, but uh, probably going to limit it to this one. Uh, this was uh, the film called Cam that was, uh, not, not that it's actually important because these films, uh, they get around anyway, but it is a Netflix film. And I had seen the ads for it, and I thought, that looks stupid, and then I thought, that looks dull, and then I thought, that looks like it has nudity in it, and then I thought, that looks interesting. No, <laughs> but seriously, that was kind of my thought process. So, I finally got around to watching it, mostly because some people had listed it in, like, the horror online magazines as doing really good job. They did a good job, and so... I thought, well, there is nudity in it. So, I'm joking around. But anyhow, there is nudity in it, by the way. I'm not joking about that. And so I watched it and started out a little rough, but toward the end, I think it's a downright horror movie. And the twist was interesting, and it it worked for me. Did you see this, Darren? Yes, it was a poor man searching, let's put it that way. Yeah. It wasn't as impactful. I just got a bit bored really with it. I'd seen Girl House a year before. Same sort of idea, but with an actual killer rather than a uh, faker as such. Yeah. And it just, it shows how all these scammy sites work and just all the nonsense to go with YouTubers that are like, here's my life, this is what I do and how fake they actually are. So I got a bit bored watching it. It wasn't as shocking as it should have been for me. It's not yeah. on my honourable mention list. I see. Yeah, it. one of the reasons I liked it was for what you mentioned that you didn't like it for, which was the fact that it sort of shows what some of the YouTube... Now, bear in mind, I don't think you could do a cam show like this on YouTube. So if it was... It was kind of a mix, I agree with you, between the YouTube generation where you have a guy who, you know, might go to a cemetery with all his gear and walk through the cemetery and he'll get a million hits and he'll get all these people following him. That That's the kind of stuff that you see on YouTube. Or there might be a girl who's doing her nails and she's talking about her nails and, and she'll get a million hits and, and a million followers and Apparently, YouTube has it set up where they can, you know, make pretty decent amount of money through advertisers. In fact, there's even something out here called VidCon, where YouTubers come out here. It's over by Disneyland in Anaheim, and uh, the the YouTubers actually come as celebrities, and they have their own booths and things like that. And there's shows. I haven't been to it, so I can't really say exactly what it is, but it sounds just like a typical three or four day convention where these basically mostly kids uh, from you know when I say kids I mean I don't know around 16 to say 25 these are the stars of YouTube I don't know what happens to them after that maybe they'll try to be like get the Queen Latifah show or something like that with their own name and and retire on that uh, but for youth it's definitely uh, 
opportunity. So it kind of goes through that kind of feeling, and I felt like, oh, this is like a YouTuber. It's kind of cool. I liked it because you're you're watching how they get viewers, and you're watching how excited they are, how they're tracking it. The only difference is, is that they're more or less strippers, or they more or less do whatever the audience wants to get the likes, which is quite different from your typical YouTubers. But I found that interesting. I watched it for that reason, and like you, I was very bored, but I thought the end was... It made, kind of made it worth it for me. Uh, and it was sort of like a Twilight Zone, in a way, the way they laid it all out, modern-day one, anyway. And uh, I thought it was sort of clever, and, and it worked for me. However, most people that I recommend it to, they kind of look blankly in my face. So I haven't really been able to convince anybody to watch it. Uh, maybe, I, you know, I did a review of it. Maybe that will get some people to watch it. But I definitely recommend it, and I thought it was certainly honorable mention for the year. Well, that was your one honorable mention, so we'll make it a top six show then. Mm. So I will just... Well. Yeah, we I'll, might as well. yeah, I'll roll out my honourable mentions and then go on to what will be no, my number six. I have Unfriended, The Dark Web, I liked The Villains, Overlord, I liked The Gore, First Purge, I liked Blade, Upgrade, I liked the new twist on an action movie, and Suspiria was trippy as hell, but very long. Mm. But my number six is Unsane. Okay. Bump. Okay, well, what is your number five? My number five is a little film that we've talked about before. Uh, actually, wait, let me find it. It's one of the classics of last year. <laughs> no, uh, maybe we haven't talked about it before. I can't quite remember, but um, this is Hellfest. I really like this film. It was a masked serial killer. He turns a horror-themed amusement park into his own personal playground, terrorizing a group of friends, while the rest of the patrons believe that it's just all part of the show. So I saw it in the theater, kind of as it was leaving toward the end. There's nothing else to watch. I happened to be in a place where I wanted to go watch a film, and uh, just loved it. thought it was simple, simple slasher, whole lot of fun. The ending kind of bothered me a little, but other than that, it wasn't cliche. It was just kind of paint by the numbers, but in a good way. I mean, some experiences, you know, you just you want to experience again, and slashers are like that for me. So this definitely was a slasher that I enjoyed, and a lot of it you'd seen before, some of it you hadn't, and it was well done. I, you must have seen this, Darren. It hasn't come out. I don't think it made the cinemas in England, and hasn't made it to DVDs. I had only really ever heard people say it was not the best. So I'm really glad it. that you. Yeah, I'm glad that I didn't get into detail because I all I've really said is that it's a slasher. But um, yeah, I I would really like to hear your thoughts on this because I know people are saying that and uh, that's fine and they're justified. You know the people that are saying that, but a lot of people are liking it too, and I think they did a great job. Uh, so, yeah, so you can't really give your opinion of it, but what did you hear that kind of turned you off to it? Just the same as it was put in the same sort of brackets as Truthful Dare or Slender Man, from what I've just heard. No, just... not at all, not at all, it's, yeah, no, I wouldn't go with that. It's more like, um, well... There's there's not a whole lot I can compare it to. I think of uh, Tobe Hooper's. Uh, I'm not uh, talking as in type of movie. It's the quality level of what yeah. most people I've heard say. But I I wrote, decided not to read too much into anybody's until I could actually watch it sometime. <laughs> of course, because that's what you do, and that's the way to be, good man. <laughs> because they don't want to release it anywhere. <laughs> So. Well, look up what it cost before you see it. I think you'll be surprised what they did with with the amount they had. And I think we need to see more of that, especially in horror. Yes. Well, 
the best in the business doesn't make horror at the moment. He's busy making Aquaman movies. Oh, right, right. And he has money is no expense for him now. No. <laughs> but I feel your number five was a low-budget one, and my number five is going to be a low-budget one. This is solely on the list because I feel like I'm going to be the only one of the two that's going to pick it. Yeah. And that is Adder and the Apocalypse. Yes, you are the only of the two that's going to pick it, even though I shouldn't say that because I have not seen it yet. But I cannot drive myself to see it. What Maybe you could convince be, me. What could be more wrong than a musical Christmas zombie high school movie set in Scotland that's just a lot of fun, a bit of stupidity, and just something you're going to sit there and go, yeah, I like this. The songs are catchy. You could be singing a couple of them for a couple of days. The kills are usually quite creative. And the story isn't just about a zombie survival. It's about finding yourself in the last year of your school, what you want to do, telling the truth, etc. As we always know, that last year of high school is the most difficult for anybody because you either up being shoved into a college where you don't have a clue what you want to do or you don't go to college and end up wondering why you didn't go to college there's too much pressure on them at that age and this movie shows that quite well with the main three characters that we follow including Anna as the title hints to I see well on a creepiness dark horror scale of 0 to 10 with 10 being the most creepy and 0 being a song and dance number <laughs> where would you rate it? it? It's on the same level as what you would class Shaun of the Dead. Okay, so yeah. The theme is horror but it's not really creepy. No, but you don't need it to be creepy. It's a zombie movie. Most zombie yeah. movies aren't really creepy anymore. No, they're not. Um, and my, aren't there a lot of them? Yes, too many at times. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just haven't reached the right mood. Uh, I'm in a, a stage of my life where I, my time for the movies has actually grown a little bit limited. It was very wide open for a while there, and I couldn't... Uh, it, it, when this was available, too, and I just couldn't get myself to watch it then, now I have, I'm kind of limited to weekends and maybe one movie a night in the weekdays and I just can't give it that attention, you know what I mean? I just I can't give it that space. I look at it and I think, this is probably really funny. It's probably, you know, the humor is probably pretty good. You said something, the kills are creative. I'm not really there where I can give adjectives to kills yet. I don't really... I don't we, judge kills very much. We did, we talked zombie level, like what zombie land did. Ah, zombie kills, okay. Yeah, so that's... you. When you do a zombie movie, the main thing you always have to do that makes your film stand out is have a unique zombie kill. Uh-huh. As in, Diary of the Dead did the defibrillator to the head. Mm-hmm. And you remember that scene, even if you don't uh-huh. remember the movie. Um, Zombieland just made it bonkers by doing, like, zombie kill of the week. And it was... Oh yeah, that, you that's what I mean. that very well. That now that makes sense. Um, zombie kills are fun, and the, I could see where creativity would fit in there. Uh, I do like you know creative kills. It's just you didn't mean anything. You didn't mean regular kills when you used creative. But when you said that, I started thinking, what creative nature of kills do I enjoy? And I couldn't really come up with anything. Not that I don't enjoy kills; they're part of horror, and they definitely are. Interesting and part of the movie. Uh, like that movie, uh, Happy Death Day. You know, that had some creative kills that were fun. Um, but, but as far as this the one. The sequel. Yeah, I know. The sequel's coming out. I actually want to see it. How about you? I've seen it. <laughs> oh, you've already seen it? <laughs> okay. Um, Came out the day before Valentine's Day. Oh, then that was a perfect time for it to come out. Um, they, did, they yeah, bought it no. out a day earlier because of something that happened in America last year on Valentine's Day, I think. Oh, really? Some I think sort that of was one cool. of the school shootings or something. Oh, dear Lord. So yeah, they, they moved it forward. They just it's, 
an unbelievable one. It's not scary. It's more sci-fi. Yeah. So I will probably get to it. Uh, it's just so ridiculous, you know. It's one of those ridiculous movies. Seems like. Uh, so when I'm in a ridiculous mood, I will definitely check it out. But you're not alone, and I appreciate the fact that you put that in your top six. So what is your number four? My number four is a film that really has critics split. It's called Upgrade. And I it's set in the future, but not quite that far in the future, it doesn't seem like. I can't remember. I think cars kind of fly, so that would be... They're either cars or they're spaceships. I can't remember. I think they're self-driving. Oh yeah, there's, that's what it is. They just drive by themselves. They don't, they don't uh, levitate. So we're almost there. We're almost to the self-driving cars. Uh, but techno- technology is everywhere and it pretty much controls all aspects of people's lives. Kind of reminded me of Terminator that way. Um, but when Gray, this uh, character Gray, a self-identified technophobe has his world turned upside down, his only hope for revenge is an experimental computer chip implant called, they call it STEM. And he is upgraded. It's very simple. It's like, beat the crap out of a guy almost to the point of death and then put this chip in him and he becomes bionic, superhuman, that kind of thing. And I loved that. Now, I went into this knowing what it was. I like Logan Marshall Green a lot. Uh, the stuff he's done. So I was looking forward to just seeing him. Plus, I, I really liked the storyline that I had read about. Uh, it went a little slow for me at first, and I thought they could have done a lot more when they rebuilt him. You've seen this, right, Darren? Yes. That's what I've okay. mentioned. I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to share a bunch of spoiler type stuff if you've seen it. But, uh, yeah, I, so it got kind of slow, but then when he got out of there and he started showing his strength, that was pretty awesome for me. So, what do you think of it, Darren? I, you have to also remember the fact is it's directed by Lee Winnell. Who is huh? pretty much James Wan's best man when it comes to That's directing? That's right. He wrote Saw, or he half wrote Saw, and starred, and then directed later installments of Insidious. Yeah, he did the third one, writes them still. He does a lot more of the writing side for James Wan's work. I'm glad you brought that up. I forgot to say that. Um, for me, I don't. Even though I've put it on my honorable mentions, it's on my honorable mentions because I don't completely put it. As a horror, I put it more of an action movie. Uh There wasn't anything that made me scared in this movie at all. It wasn't anything I think designed. It was almost like a scientific revenge movie would be the best way I'd describe it because of what happens to him and he just goes after the people that did it to him. Uh And I like that. I disagree with what you say about the critics are split because I thought this was one the critics absolutely enjoyed I thought mm. it was around 80 plus percent on Rotten Tomatoes mm. which tells you 4 out of 5 critics liked it yeah um, so I will stick up for it that way I think the performance by Marshall is fantastic in the leading role mm-hmm. and I would be quite happy to see the next distal because at least the big thing with this movie and I think it's going to be something we're talking a lot of with our lists today yeah. is they're original yeah. all of them feel like original work I, I know some of them were adapted uh, of my list I've only got two sequels in honorable mentions and the remake that's a really good point yeah and I'm always bitching about let's give money to the original ideas now, granted, uh, Lee Wanell is very well known. I'm sure pockets are padded for sure. But <clears throat> at least the studio is giving, uh, you know, promoting and paying for a film that is original. And I think Upgrade, well, how it's not that original. You can look at it both ways. In some 
minor ways it's original, but it is uh, the idea of rebuilding a man, like Robocop. Yeah, I think the brutality of it's original. Yeah. Of what we see, it's and the way it's shot is very original compared yeah. to what we've seen before. There are a few of these that we've seen. In fairness, this, as I say, it's a bit of a revenge movie. Like Robocop, I wouldn't class as a revenge movie. Yeah. Completely. But then when you look at what this one does, it does just feel like, without sounding just putting in a cliche, it sounds a lot like a spit on a grave with uh-huh. what happens. And it's the formula's the same. Right. But everything else is different. And just to clarify, it's an 87% on Rotten Tomatoes upgrade. Hmm. Which is his joint best rated work. Do you happen to see the uh, the user score? I mean the... Uh, 88. The oh, they're about the same. Okay. Yeah. 86, yeah, I did read so. an article though that really did slam it. Uh, so I was going more. I didn't really look at the statistical of of you know what critics thought, but I did read an article that just thought it was ridiculous and stupid, and it almost kept me away from watching it. But then I read a few more, like you're saying, that were that really praised it. I wonder if that has to do with the fact of who the director is. I will put this out there to you. There is only one other movie he has been involved in outside of producing roles that is certified fresh or fresh. Every other movie he's been attached to, including Saw, mm-hmm. is rotten. Saw was rotten, huh? Yep. Saw was less than 50%. Oh my gosh. Well, and the only one is Insidious, the original. Everything wow. else is classed as rotten. Dead death sentence. Dead silence. Dead silence well, has a nineteen. Because you went and you found data on that, and that's that's a really good reply. Of course, Rotten Tomatoes. Ooh, we, don't, we don't know what's going on there. Sometimes I feel like there's this giant uh, conspiracy going on there, but um, it's not th- as bad as people say it is. It's just people need to learn to read it correctly. Yeah. And the thing is. Out of 200 reviews, 147 are positive, so it makes it go up. But when you get to something like Saw, if I can find it again, because they, it's removed the order I had it in, um, it has 200 reviews, again, and 90 are positive. Uh, the average score is 5.5, so it should be 55. Yeah. But that's that's another discussion for another day. Yeah, and he is an amazing director. We've learned, but people don't really know that on the on the whole. It'd be interesting to know, and we'll never know. But you know what people thought of this film, who had no idea of its connection to Saw. I think most people went in pretty blind to it because yeah. everyone just looks at one for the, the horror stuff. Yeah, and they didn't put on there on the posters. I don't think the ones that I saw, they didn't put co-writer of Saw. I didn't see that on any posters, so that's good. I'm not sure. So, yeah, uh, just what? Well, you don't recall seeing it, right? It, I see. Sort of late. Yeah. They barely made the cinema here again. Yeah. Another one. So. Good film. On to my number four, and I'm just going to keep it simple. Nicolas Cage, high as a kite, crazy as you want, and it's Mandy Delight. <laughs> we just love watching Nicolas Cage when he goes bonkers. Yes, this do. movie is Nicolas Cage in bonkers mode on coke. <laughs> yeah. And you're just there like, yeah. Officially, this movie is brutal. It is bloody. It's... Everything that's completely crazy with horror that probably wouldn't hit the casual audience of the horror community. Oh. I just sat there and was like, wow. It, it is a long movie. I do think it's too long. But yeah. I just couldn't turn away when I was watching it because Nicolas Cage is just an actor. You want to watch to see what he does next because you could miss something brilliant <laughs> from him. That's true. That's true. 
I'm glad that they put him in it because it really is a piece that reflects the director. I'm sorry, I don't have his name here in front of me. Who is he again so you can state it? I can't pronounce it. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. See, he should have changed the spelling of his name. But, yeah, he's really well-known, and he does things a certain way. Kind of a he, he sort of has a goofy take on horror, but not not like in your face goofy, but like these little goblins, these cheese goblins, things on the TV, and that takes up a good you know I don't know three or four minutes, and there, there's just some goofiness to it. Uh, there is some revenge to it, and that's where Nicolas Cage fits in perfect because he's a revenge type of guy, sort of like Liam Neeson in a way. Um, but for me, I just felt like it was t- a little bit too on the goofy, hey, let's, you know, take drugs and watch this movie, you know, not that I'm, I'm, you know, judging anybody out there choosing to, to take drugs, I think that's your right as a human being, I suppose, but so much of it was just like in this vein of colors and images and, uh, less characterization. Uh, so, horror doesn't really re- require characterization, but there were so much empty spaces. Like you said, it was a little bit too long. I think they could have cut out a lot of the, just like the heavy metal grunge and maroon colors. And I know, Darren, you're not big into colors, but just too, I thought it was too much of that. And I would have liked to see more of the characters. They had some amazing actors. Uh, and just, Pretty much that. that. That was my only gripe with it. It was cool to see him get back at these people. It was almost too much what the bad people did to them, I thought. didn't have to be that intense. Uh, but in the end, I felt like it was a little overlong, but fun. You have to, like, you were talking about Animal Apocalypse, and I said I need the right moment to watch it. Even though I did see this film, I think I would say, if you're out there and you haven't seen it yet, which I doubt it, because it's kind of a spoiler show, so you probably have seen it. But if you haven't, I would say you got to be kind of in the right mode. you got to be really mellow and willing to sit for a, a long time. So that's kind of my take on it. Fair enough. And the director had only ever done one movie before. So. Oh, what did he do again? Beyond the Black Rainbow. Oh, that's so freaking bizarre. Yeah, that it, it, in a weird situation, I had actually seen that before I saw this, so I kind of knew that that was weird. But yeah, I figured he'd done a few, um, but that one that one's weirder than this one. Put it that way. Fair enough. So I think I know what your last three are going to be. So oh, let's jump into your number three then. You claim to know me well. Hmm. Let's see. Uh, well, this this next one I'm trying to... And, and tell me if it's about... It probably won't be, but maybe it will be uh, A Quiet Place. Uh, just about a bump, then. Okay. But I think you're going to say the same for my number three, and that is Hereditary. Mm. When did I ever say I even liked that movie? <laughs> uh, it's all right. But, yeah, we'll give your little thing. It's not on my list, so you go ahead. So yeah, this one's on it because of the pure fact that there's a lot of disturbing scenes in it. Okay. There's there's scenes that just you watch and you're like, what did I just see? Mm-hmm. And wait, that actually happened, including the head scene. Mm-hmm. The, the fact that we have probably the best acting scene in horror this year in this movie with the table sequence. Mm-hmm. We have two absolute Oscar caliber performances in this movie that have been completely ignored in mm-hmm. Tony Collette and Alexander Wolf or Alex Wolf. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that there's just so the thing is you know me well enough that I don't really like possession or demon movies I find them a bit boring I've seen I don't think there's much you can do with them and this one just one that just disturbed me a lot so I don't think I was really scared as I watched it. So, what did I just watch? I don't know if I want to watch it again. Right. But I liked it. Yeah. Yeah, it had, uh, it definitely had elements, some of which you mentioned, that were disturbing. Uh, there's a lot of 
uh, scenes that are disturbing. I read that he had, the director had um, studied horror as opposed to knowing horror because he did not know horror. And the studio said, we'd like a horror from you. So he began to study. And he said that his primary uh, influence was horror from uh, possession horror and horror in general from the 70s. So you see a lot of that. You even delve into the 60s with some Rosemary's Baby influences. And so I was watching, and I hate this. This is why you shouldn't read about stuff before you see a movie. But I was just watching, like, checking them off a checklist, all the different influences that he was using um, as he went. So for me, that was a little hard to get beyond. Most notably, and this is a spoiler show, uh, the end scene, I mean, it could have been plucked completely out of Rosemary's Baby. It's like a carbon copy of Rosemary's Baby. So that kind of had me, you know, I think I was with a friend and he was just like, shut up, you know. <laughs> I kept saying, that's Rosemary's Baby. <laughs> He's like, shut up. But, um, yeah, so for me it was a little bit derivative. It did really well, but I think... Now that we're well into the years of the millennials, and I kind of wish uh, Zoe was here to argue with me on this one, but, you know, now that we're, like, super into millennial territory, they don't know about those old movies. And unless they're students of horror and people that just want more and are going back into their internet movie database and looking up these, these old horrors like Rosemary's Baby, they've never seen those shocks. they never seen those things. The demon possession and all that. I mean, it's just... Scene for scene, it's just taken out of the omen, it's taken out of all these... Like, there's a scene when... I forget who it is, but somebody's across the street. I think it's a nun, but probably isn't a nun, because I'm thinking of the omen, where it is a nun. But she says it's all... In, in the omen, she says, it's all for you, Damien. It happens to be that the character's name is Damien in the omen. And, uh, like mine. And then jumps off and hangs herself. And here's on the other side of the street, or the square, or whatever it is the pathway, here's, you know, this son of the devil, Damien, just kind of staring blankly at her. And it's a very famous scene. And there's a scene just like that where this woman is screaming across the cars and saying, you know, watch out, Satan's here, all that stuff, you know. So that really struck a chord with me as well as being plucked directly. If not just influenced, plucked directly from some of the 70s films. So I did like it, but I just couldn't get past judging it. And I thought it was really long. And whenever something was scary, I thought, he's trying to be scary. And that's not a good sign. When I watch a scary movie, I want it to just hit me. Like, for example, yesterday I watched for the third time, I watched The Strangers um, and the new one, the sequel, and just scared me, scared the heck out of me many times. So... I didn't think they're trying to scare me. It just scared me. And that movie is way less money, smaller scale, smaller director. Um, so people always argue with me on Hereditary because a lot of people really like it. But for me, it just was not uh, as good as it. It was okay for a horror film, but it was not as good as it should have been for all the attention it gets. Fair enough. All right. So we'll go to your number two then. Well, my number two, funny enough, is The Strangers, uh, Pray at Night. Really? I I know, it grew on me. I, I saw it the first time and then I watched it again. I think that this one is really one of the best of the year. And I, I think it's crazy because there's so much out there, like Quiet Place and everything. But, um, yeah, I really liked it because it was raw. I liked it. And I really like, if you think about the pool scene, if you think about uh, the scene in the truck, I mean, there's just really iconic scenes, I think, that don't are not getting the attention they deserve. Yeah, I give it a 9 out of 10. Really liked it. It's a family of four staying in a secluded mobile home park for the night and are stalked and then hunted by three masked psychopaths. Now, Darren, I take it you didn't like it. This was probably in the bottom three worst films of the year. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, that's funny. That's never happened. 
<laughs> We've never had that much discrepancy. Let's see why you liked it first before I rip it to shreds again. All right. I'm ripping well, this one to know, shreds. Just the scenes I mentioned. I mean, I imagine most horror fans have seen this. They didn't give us much this year as far as you know stuff to watch. So I'm sure horror fans have seen it. But you know, like the scene in the pool. I mean, I was like grabbing my chair, just holding so tight to my chair, just waiting for what would happen. And I started thinking, this is almost like ballet. I mean, the way the camera's down there, the way they've got the knife, the, you know, and then when you finally see the blood, you go, okay, somebody's down. Who is it? You know, and stuff like that. I mean, I think it's filmed really well. Stuff you don't expect, like complete, she takes the, the mask off and she says, why did you do it? She says, why not? I mean, that's scary shit, you know? So, I would just bring it down to the scenes. I think the scenes are really well choreographed. When they find out a family member has been killed, they went from just staying somewhere for the weekend to finding out a family member was killed, and yet they have to hold that in, hold those emotions in, and continue running from these people that make no sense. They did nothing to them. We don't usually see that. So... There's something for you. <laughs> it sounds like you're not going to be convinced. Okay, let's have a deep breath. <laughs> Start with the one thing I did like. I did like certain shots of the location. I thought they were yeah. actually beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I think the soundtrack worked. Mm-hmm. Problem number one is the trailer. Okay. Which was shown in front of every movie for about three months and showed every single kill. Especially that pool sequence you were talking about. Problem number two is I don't get why the family was moving. Like, all it was was she had a cigarette by the sound of it, and now she's a rebel and needs to be taken across country. Uh, So, I had no sympathy. I don't recall either. I just knew that they... I thought maybe they were evicted. They had to spend a few days there because it was a family's... uh, no, they were travelling across country to put their kid in boarding school. Ah. Okay. So, and it didn't seem like there was anything wrong with her. She hadn't really done that much wrong. She didn't put up much of a fight if she had done something wrong, which annoyed me. Thirdly, is I like The First Strangers a lot. Mm-hmm. And for me, the reason why The First Strangers is so fantastic is the fact it is a calculated plan yeah they knew what they were doing they knew how long they would have they knew they would have till morning and the opening sequence shows them do their thing which was fine that makes sense but when they turned up it was they were just running around and had no organization to what they were doing mm-hmm. and it was like so what wait why and they're doing all the knocking on the doors it's like are they doing it on the wing they could have just walked away because they seem to be calculated enough to know smartly enough how to just get away with this for as long as they've been doing it mm-hmm. then the four characters just pissed me off with the decisions that were horror cliched stupidity 101 mm-hmm. where we're in a place where someone's killing each other let's split up yeah. We found a dead body. Let's split up. Let's run in five different directions. Because yeah. that's the smart way. If we had stuck together, we would have been fine. Like They don't attack in groups. They've only got guns. You've got two men there against two women who were quite easy to defeat in a fight of this group. So you could have easily got the upper hand on them four on three. Especially if this was a rebellious... The son's made out to be a sports jock of some sort but they don't know how to fight and then you went for the old cliched finish that their problem and the pro- biggest problem for me was the fact while this is a spoiler they were killing the strangers for me the strangers don't just get killed by one shot they as soon as they were in danger they would have walked away and that's how you would read those characters especially from the first one as soon as they knew that the person had a knife they were out of sight out of mind in this one they were running towards danger like they wanted to die and it was like what 
What have you done to these characters? Well, when he killed the first girl, uh, the, the first stranger, the guy was pissed, you know? He was really mad. So I know he was running at him to try and get, when he had the axe, you know, he was trying to get him uh, for revenge. Um, I think the second one, too. It's almost like I got the idea that they were sort of like trailer trash that found places where, you know, were virtually uninhabited and went in there and they just were so messed up on drugs or whatever. Their only goal was to be killers. And they knew that that might result in them dying. So they weren't sad or anything. That was just what they did. And when you, when I realized that, I thought, this is so freaking scary because they have no reason to back off. They're just completely insane, you know? But yeah, I understand what you're saying. When they split up, I totally felt the same feeling. But then again, as a director, I think you can do a lot more by splitting them up because you can have a lot of scenes one-on-one, like with the dad in the truck and all that. That couldn't have happened unless they split up. But as a... In a world where horror movies exist, which this one is, I I could accept that maybe in a film where there's no such thing as horror movies, Uh, which we're used to seeing, which was always the, the joke thing before Scream came around. But this one made out that there was definitely horror movies and you know how to survive horror movies and then you still make these bad decisions. Yeah, one thing that bothered me is he says, we're going to go, we're going to call 911. I'm thinking, where are they going to run to call 911? Because the whole place is dark, you know. But, uh, yeah, so I agree with you to an, to an extent. But I still found it completely rousing and just uh, uh, not arousing, <laughs> rousing and uh, just really good. So, yeah, as far as uh, my personal horror list, I think I'll be looking back on the year and saying that one was simple, it was raw, and it wasn't perfect by any means, but um, I would rather take a film that was raw and scared me than, you know, a film like Hereditary that didn't really do anything for me, uh, but had a lot of tropes, you know. And the other thing that really annoyed me was the cinema, was it was a blind horror scene. Yeah. So I didn't really know obviously what I was going to see. Mm-hmm. And there was a couple behind me literally commentating on how stupid every decision was. was oh, like you have, so you, you had all that in. You had the gun and you're pointing it at someone's head and you don't pull the trigger after they've killed your mum and dad. It's like, why? <laughs> why are you... Yeah. And it was that sort of thing. It's like, why you just run? Why are you going back? It's like, Give it a year and then watch it at home a lot. I'll bet you'll sort of agree with We'll David. never be watching it again. <laughs> But that leads from one bad experience at the cinema, I'll go to the one that was a good experience at the cinema, which is actually the same as your number three, Mm. and that is A Quiet Place. Yes. Because this is the movie that managed to make the audience not make a sound for an hour and a half. (laughs) As we've said, even if people wanted to cough... They were coughing into their sleeves to make as little noise as possible. That's right. And this is by far the best movie, best cinema movie I saw this year. Okay. As in the cinematic experience. But when I bought it on Blu-ray, I was slightly let down with the quality of watching it at home. Honest, it just didn't really suck you in like it did at the cinema, as much as other films have, shall we say. Um, so I left a bit disappointed with that, but I just loved the simplicity of the storyline. I liked the fact that no trailer gave you any monster, mm-hmm. and then we met the monster in the first five minutes of the movie, which again is fantastic. From a marketing point of view, it's like, why can't all movies be like this? We don't need to see every kill. I'm talking Halloween here. And just let us enjoy the movie without needing to spoon feed us every major clip before we see it. That's been my major issue with another director who both the films I've watched have been, I've enjoyed. They're not on any of the top ten lists, but I I did enjoy um, Insidious Chapter 4, and I did enjoy the new Escape Room. 
but the trailers were so bad and gave so much away. I am I just so wish glad that you told me that you enjoyed the new Escape Room, because as you know, uh, on another show of ours, I picked that as most anticipated, but I just haven't been able to get up the, the desire to go see it. But you say we'll, it we'll talk about that one later. We'll okay. stick to a quiet flow. I was just talking about marketing. Very good. Uh, they both gave away the best scenes in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Insidious Chapter 4 did the key sequence when the creature turned the key in the throat and it made them go silent. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a superly creepy scene. Yeah. But watching it in the cinema was amazing. But seeing it in the trailer, it was like you've lost a, a shocking moment that could have been one of the best horror moments of the year. Because it's so disturbing to realise that you wouldn't be able to scream because of what something did to you. Yep. And Emily but, Blunt is the face of that too, don't you think? Yes, it's a family matter. <laughs> I I am worried about a sequel, if I'm honest. I am too. But then the last three minutes made it a sequel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it should get praise because of the young actress, the deaf actress they had in the movie as well. And they could have just done... They didn't have to actually hire a deaf actress, no. but they did. So. Yeah, she was excellent, and I think... I was like you when I first saw it. I thought it was the most coolest thing I have seen in horror in quite a long time. And it was action. It was... uh Surprised they didn't call it action because it, it really was, it had a lot of action. Um, I would disagree with that. You would, apart from like the hunting scene, yeah. sort of stalking. But it's almost the same as all horror movies. You have the battle at the end. Like Maybe you could say the same about. Yeah, it is a it's a thriller. It is a horror thriller. But you would put it in the same category as. For example, Halloween, it's the fight at the end against Michael Myers is the same as the fight to survive. It's yeah. not an action to survive, is it? It's, there isn't much action until the final sequence. There's a lot of potential action which gets averted. Yeah, the idea of you're going to be caught if you make a sound, and yet you're so scared. And, you know, the foot on the nail, I think, is the apex of that, of what they were trying to, well maybe not the apex I mean it could be the pregnancy too but, you know, all the women in the audience that have had babies or have thought about it, I'm sure we're going oh my god, you can't even speak give me a break, you know uh, so there was a lot of stuff so men, we can we can understand the nail, women, you can understand the nail and the pregnancy uh, but it was just terrifying and then to put all that stuff into perspective, like when they're downstairs and they're all putting their hands over the kids' mouths and you see this creature kind of go by the open hole. Am I imagining that or did that happen? I think that happened. <laughs> it's just like so scary. I might be imagining scenes, but they know it's up there. They either see it or they know it's up there and they have to be quiet. I mean, it's just so great. What a great idea. And then when they leave... And the situation happens with their father. That is like bringing it to a drama, like bringing it to a tender part of your heart, rather than just a horror scare film. Then you then you go to this whole different place. So I don't know. I guess my biggest fear, even though I liked that, my biggest fear is that in the new one they're going to try and make something really heartfelt and warm like that scene. Um, and I don't think they need to recreate that. I think that was a great way to come out as a debut. But now I would just like to see the horror stuff. What do you think of that? I, I just don't want to see any additions to it. I don't think it yeah. ever needs any. The money's going to say a different story. Yeah. Because it was rather successful. I'll say. Shall we say? <laughs> yes, indeed, it was. And uh, I don't know. It was definitely not a quiet place in the money counting room. It was, but it was in the cinema. <laughs> yes, it was. 
So I know what your number one is. Okay. Because it was one of my honourable mentions. <laughs> That's right. So, where do you want to start with this one? Um, how about you do it then? Well, I know you're going to be saying Unsane. Uh-huh. So, why is it your number one? Yeah, I'll tell you, this one is was also a Netflix, like Cam, it was a Netflix movie, and... It definitely made it to the cinema, Unsane. Oh, did it? Okay, because... It came it out in it. March. It did in America, it came out in March okay. in America. I have one of those Very you know, medium to small theaters, so it didn't make it out here, but I did see it on Netflix. And uh, and I'll tell you what, uh, at first I did not like it. At first I thought, what is this thing doing? But it ended up being so much fun uh, playing with who knows more, the, the people in the mental ward or her. And at times I was on her side, and at times I was on their side. And I like asylum type movies and this it's not so much like a spooky asylum but just the idea that people could call you insane when you really weren't is a really fine line that I think people enjoy One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is like that um, and many many movies throughout the years that have focused on asylum. The Changeling with Angelina Jolie uh, that other one with Angelina Jolie <laughs> Why Don't a Writer um, so I just like that kind of movie to begin with. It's sort of a horror. Uh, I, I put a little bit, dip it down into the horror pool a little bit, but mostly I think it's a thriller. And uh, But it works as a horror. And I just really liked it. Did you see it? Yeah, it's an honorable mention. Oh, right. Your honorable mention. What do you think of it? See, I started by being really frustrated that they gave away the big reveal quite early. Uh-huh. It made it pretty clear that he was definitely a stalker, mm-hmm. and that frustrated me because I went in there and thinking, "Oh, is this going to be one of them? Where is she crazy? Is she not?" Yeah. And then the more I thought about it, it was just the way that the guy had manipulated his way into her life. Yeah, Come and it was creepy. By the way. <laughs> yeah, that's why I said my, as I said, my number four to number about seven was. A coin door so a couple of weeks ago this was number four on my list okay but I just I just thought when I watched it I was just creepy creeped out by the whole thing like mm-hmm. yes it shot very differently because he did it all on the phone and he did yeah. it on his iPhone and it was a big director doing it with some big cameos mm-hmm. and the queen is fantastic again and it was just one I just wanted to watch and I, I couldn't get round to watching it and then I, I waited for it to come out on DVD and then eventually I bought it and watched it and was like this one's going to stick with me when I, even though I'm frustrated mm-hmm. and I, I liked it a lot more than I think I should have I think Juno Temple's uh, dreadlocks is probably the first look I've seen her in where I didn't think she looked extremely pretty <laughs> Well, that was the point of the character, yeah. wasn't it? <laughs> to look a bit weird. Yeah. I just rewatched recently I rewatched Horns and boy she's breathtakingly beautiful in that. Really really pretty, but in this film, uh I'm saying she's kinda Bob Marley, so to speak. <laughs> but it was nice to have a killer that's human as well and doesn't think he's bad there's a lot of killers that know they're bad this one just thinks it's just sort of like a scorn he's not even a scorn lover he's, he thought he was a scorn lover yeah. which I think is quite clever and it shows how stalking can really damage a life because she's already removed to recreate her life I don't quite get how she got put in the home mm-hmm in the first place that was the one thing that really confused me because unless he fiddled with the forms but it's a scene they didn't show us yeah and that is a problem and that that is definitely a problem because you know you go in there if you're a danger to yourself or danger to others that's one reason and um, the way she got in there was not it wasn't something that he could have controlled that was something I had a problem with it because I thought well, what is he's just going to get a job here where she lives 
and kind of wait until she does something crazy? Does he know she's that crazy? Does he know it's inevitable? That didn't work. So I ran through all these things in my head. Eventually, I just came up with, I just want to see what it's like in there. <laughs> I stopped thinking about the credibility of that because that is, the I think, the one point that it doesn't really work. Yes. But it was a little surprise package and an original one because, as I said, they could have played it a lot longer on the card of is she or isn't she crazy or not. Yeah. It's making me want to see it again. I think I'm going to see this one again. But let's see if you can work out what my number one is going to be. Well, since I thought it might have been Hellfest, I guess it won't be that. And it can't be Strangers Pray at Night because you hate that one. No, I don't know. You're going to have to tell me, buddy. It is The Secret of Marrowbone. Oh, yeah, that one. The story of a group of children who have to stay in a secret house or such while their mother is sick slash died until the oldest one turns 21 and he can adopt his brothers and sisters officially but something happens and there's something going on and you're not quite sure what's going on and if I told you it was directed and written by the guy that gave us the fantastic orphanage you can tell that I'm going down the fairy tale route of a dark oh, yes. movie. And I watched this movie and I've seen it again and I loved it the second time, even though I knew the twist. Mm. Uh, and I just sit there and go, this is why I like movies. They're just, they can be dark and pull on the scares mm-hmm. and tell a really emotional story that's going to actually shock you by the end of the movie. Wow. And it does have Anya Taylor-Joy in, which is never a bad thing. <laughs> I think she can see things on, on both sides of her head at the same time. <laughs> no, it was good. I don't know. I actually saw this film because of your recommendation, and I, I, I tried to sit through it. I, I could not finish it, but I probably will eventually watch it uh, now that you've made it your number one. I mean, my goodness. Folks, when, uh, this is Darren Lucas, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I need my applause. I don't have it with me here, but no. Uh, Darren has some great, great uh, thoughts about horror, so I am definitely going to watch it again, but I just found it to be almost like a dream sequence that never woke up. Uh, they were just in this place. There are a couple things that were scary, but not really. Um, I remember one went into town or something. There was a big deal about that. I don't know. I gotta say, I, I sort of lost interest. So, if you were to sell it to somebody, what would you say? Just remember how the orphanage played out. Okay. And you'll need to make sure you see every scene. Okay. Because when you find the end out, you need to rewatch it to check a few moments. How far? Put it that way. Alright. What's well, your number one, dude? So, I'm definitely gonna see it again. So that is our top five, well, top six horror movies of the year. And sadly, I forgot to even mention Revenge. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. But still, never mind. <laughs> In passing, we'll mention Revenge. Now, you know, speaking of moments that are uh, impossible, I think that had quite a few of them. The main one being how she fell and didn't fall, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so there's a lot of that film I found myself questioning, but it's fun, you know. That film is just flat out fun. Yes. But we won't even get into the worst because you've already heard mine, and I'm pretty sure Damien's is going to include a movie called Slender Man. Oh, God. <laughs> so that's, that's the worst horror movies filled out as well for the year for you, too. A little bonus for you. But we're not going to bore you with more details of our hatred to horror because we like to promote horror and original ideas. Hint, hint. Let me just say one no. thing One thing about Slender Man really fast. I was in line at the grocery store and I heard a millennial, about a millennial, maybe younger, but he was behind me. And he was talking to his friend and saying, yeah, we went and saw Slender Man. He says, the creepy thing about it is because about a week before we were at home playing Slender Man. Yeah, there's a video game called it. Okay, now you're helping me. Thank you. I thought maybe they were trying to summon the godforsaken thing. 
Uh, there's some weird little game where you got to creep through the woods and some creatures try to catch you, and it's basically a slender man. Oh, but he okay. can only catch well, you if you. You can only get closer world, to you when you're looking at him. I thought of the world's future Americans or whatever humans, um, you know, summoning Slenderman. But I don't think that's happening. If it, in fact, I think Slenderman's going to fall through a slender hole. We won't hear much from him again. Maybe we can declare a national emergency to save. Oh them. my lord! If anybody could do it, Trump could, right? And the one you believe in him as well. But that's going to conclude the show today. Uh, if you want to see or read more of our thoughts, head over to my site at moviesreview101.com and you can find Damien's podcast at the Damien Riley Podcast and website at rileyonfilm.com. That's right. Thank you, Darren. And we would love to be able to have another Top 5 Horrors this year. I'm looking forward to the challenge. Mm-hmm. I think we'll get a few. I'm not, but all the good ones will be secret ones that will come out late, probably. That's it. So, I'll say goodbye, and Damien will say goodbye. Goodbye. We'll see you next time.